Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell. And I'm Sal Rodriguez. All right, Sal. Here we are back for another special episode. And this is our first Fan Comments Questions episode, Volume 1. And I'm super excited. I'm excited too, but I'm a little nervous because am I going to be able to answer some of these questions? You might be able to, but you know, I have cinemanesia. I forget so much stuff. So uh, I'll just keep my fingers crossed. This episode, Sal, we're going to cover Instagram posts and DMs, Facebook posts and messages, and Twitter mentions, and all from the inception of our show, August 2019, up through March 2021. And if you remember, Sal, on the fan appreciation episodes, volume one and volume two, we cover the same range. It's kind of like we're finally doing our due diligence and catching up on our mailbag, if you will, all the mail that's come in. But this episode, Sal, unlike volume one, volume two, are really just comments and questions. Not a lot of praise about the show, just questions or things we missed or things that we might think or just a whole different stream of consciousness, Sal. And I really wanted to break it out away from the other episodes. I like it because it's different in spirits. It's not just kudos and shout outs, which we love and appreciate. It's not just that. This actually gives us a little bit of a job because now we're going to have to answer some of these questions. And like I said, I hope that we can do so. Yeah. And they're not all questions. They're just comments sometimes. If you listen to volume two, I even talked about how some of our fans also had comments and questions, but I pulled it out of what they wrote and added it to this episode. So we'll mention some of the same names, not all. And we really just wanted to kind of make it more meaty for this episode. This will be a lot of fun. And we have one super fan, if you want to call him that, or at least one individual who reached out to us. And he has a lot of insight. And I cannot wait to get to his because you could do a whole deep dive on what he shared with us on his own. I like that. Some people don't just want to be fans. They want to be our friends. And we totally appreciate that. Thank you for the communication. Yeah. Or some want to just tell us how to do our job better. Well, who doesn't? (laughs) All right. So we're going to start with Instagram post. And we start with Nice Mark, N-E-E-S-E-M-A-R-K. And his post was, gonna buy a six-pack of Coors Banquet as soon as season three drops. I love that. And you know what? I'm sorry, Nice Mark. Again, I'm I'm always trying to be transparent on the show. I still haven't tried Coors Banquet. I so (laughs) want to. I text Jason Connell pictures of Coors Banquet when I'm in the grocery store, but I still haven't tried it. And the truth is, I'm probably more of a whiskey drinker than a beer drinker. That's the only problem. So we talk about the whiskey on Cobra Kai. We talk about the references when they went to Japan and Daniel's drinking whiskey, but I still haven't tried Coors Banquet. Yeah. Well, when you do, Sal, it's okay to have it after your whiskey, after your liquor, if you remember the old saying. Wait, so like as a chaser? Well, liquor before beer, never fear, or in the clear. Beer before liquor, never sicker. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I'd forgotten about that. So yeah. now you know the order. Go ahead and get a little sixer or even a single pack or a tall boy of Coors Banquet just to experience it Johnny Lawrence style. I'm definitely going to. And niece Mark, I'll be toasting you in spirit. Now, do you think that Nice Mark was referring to season three of Cobra Kai or or season three of Let's Talk Cobra Kai? I like to think in these messages that they are synonymous. So when they say (laughs) season three Cobra Kai, I'm assuming they mean season three of Let's Talk Cobra Kai as well. At least that's what I hope. Fair enough. I like that. Next up, 
Trevor Fulcher. I know that name. Yep. And Neesmark is also written before as well. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Trevor Fulcher says, I thought the same thing about Hawk's hair. So this refers to us talking about Hawk's hair in the motorcycle helmet. What happens to his hair? Does it fold down? Does it disappear? Are these extensions? What happens to Hawk's hair when it's in a motorcycle helmet? I find the whole concept hilarious. Yeah, I said he takes the wig off, but (laughs) it was definitely your comment. And I love that Trevor agrees with you. I like that. Thanks, Trevor. And now we're moving on to Instagram direct messages. And we start with Sean David 1656, S-E-A-N dot And he has two messages. The first one being, I just listened to your episode 10 podcast. I think we also saw Tori at the end as well in the Cobra Kai dojo with Crease. Now, Sal, I have a really good memory, but I don't have every single note here. But obviously, Sean spotted something that we didn't either talk about, or maybe it was a wide shot of the dojo and all the new students and Tori was in the mix. Probably had to be that. I just don't remember the exact sequence. But a shout out to Sean for spotting something, because if he spotted her there, I'm sure she's there. Do you have any recollection of this? No, actually, I don't. I think they're referring to episode 10 of our podcast of season two, I guess. And so maybe that was some sort of tease or foreshadow to season three. Is that what that is? Again, I'm not exactly sure. I think it was just when there was lots of students in there and we're like trying to spot students and Tori might have been in the mix of the Cobra Kai lines, you know, doing her katas or whatever. I like that though, because you know what? I consider myself an observational person. I notice things. Yeah. I think I have heightened senses. So when somebody points something out to me, like such as this, like these little treats and nuggets, I definitely like that. So I'll have to maybe revisit this. Yeah. And Sean also has another thing because he sent us this, which was really cool. And he writes, I just happened to find the making of No More Kings Sweep the Leg video when I was watching it and hearing the podcast on it. And I thought you would like it as it answered a lot of the questions you guys asked. So very cool. I remember sharing it with you, Sal, after I got it. It was kind of like a really cool commentary about the making of the video when we broke it down on the special episodes, the video in which Johnny Lawrence, or should I say William Zabka, directs. But yeah, it was really cool. The making of all these things, because you know, there's a lot of effects in that video, which were really cool. And they kind of got to the heart of a lot of it. The way that I think of it, I kind of think of our podcast as sort of a trifecta of the series breakdowns, the movies, and then what I call related content, like we talked about commercials, How I Met Your Mother, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and all that. The No More Kings was our first special episode in that segment, I believe. Yeah. It actually paved a whole new genre for us. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. We learned that we could take something that wasn't a movie or the show and break it down, and we thought, oh, wow, that led us to... The Peter Cetera video and so many other things. And Mm -hmm. absolutely, yeah. So that video came in handy because it was something on the internet that we'd heard about. But thanks to Sean, he gave us more intel on it, which was very cool. I still kind of feel like the No More King Sweep the Leg video is just sort of this undiscovered gem. I mean, if you look at how popular Cobra Kai is, the No More Kings video should have way more views. It really should. It deserves it. It's such a foreshadow to Cobra Kai. And yet, I just don't think enough people know about it. So thank you for bringing that up, Sean David. Thank you for bringing up No More Kings. And this documentary, of course, I got to see. Next one is from Dangons04. 
Okay? It's D-A-N-G-O-N-Z-O-4. I had some real quick comments to tell you both. You guys stated that the Miguel character doesn't or didn't speak Spanish, but in the scene where he goes to the store in the Reseda Flats Mini Mall for the Pepto-Bismol, he asks the clerk where to find it in Spanish. And his mother doesn't call him Mickey, she calls him Miggy, as a nickname for Miguel. Thank you. I just wanted to share that with you. Again, love the podcast. Oh yeah, one more thing. The 10-car quota that they had to hit they sell luxury vehicles, not only Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, wonderful insight. Thank you. Thank you for that. As far as him speaking Spanish, and as far as the whole Mickey and Miggy thing, believe me, there's a whole lot of pressure on me as an American Mexican <laughs> to be bilingual. There really is. I wish I was. If I could snap my fingers right now and be bilingual, I absolutely would. So I kind of make my way through it all with maybe having a little more of advantage than Jason, maybe, in that regard culturally. Sure. But yeah, I thought it was Mickey. I did. And I never heard, growing up in Los Angeles, never heard anybody called Miggy. So my brain went to Mickey automatically. That's a really good insight. I appreciate him pointing it out. And Dan was also part of the last fan appreciation show, which was really cool. But I brought his comments and questions over here. And a really good point on the episode where they were doing the 10-car quota, which was Amanda and Daniel working together to hit that mark and saw their teamwork in action. Yeah, he makes a really good point. And let's not forget, they also sell Doyonas. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The Doyona B210, yes, a, a classic. Yeah, so thank you again, Dan. Much appreciative. Dan Gonzo 4 Now we move to Facebook post, and we're leading with our super fan, or at least our super commenter, and this is Justin McGill. And he's got a few notes here. I'm going to run through these really quickly. First, just a thought. There was not a five-year span between one and three, meaning the Karate Kid and the Karate Kid Part 3. Daniel is defending his under-18 title in Part 3. Literally, Part 1, Karate Kid 1, is set September through December 1984. Part 2 is the summer of 85, or Part 3 ends December 85. I just mentioned this because Daniel would not have matured five years in the film. It literally takes place over perhaps 15 months. Jason, I, I love this. It sounds like Justin is a man after your own heart. <laughs> it's so true. Really? When people go into this, and I know you go into this, and our listeners have heard Jason go into this, I just kind of sit there and marvel. Like Their minds work in very interesting ways. Yeah, and it's a really good point. And I'm in much agreement here. I'd have to like think about all these things again, as we do, but we haven't ventured down this path in a little while. But yeah, I know the first movie through the third, the timeline is really small. We have an all-valley in the original film, and we have an all-valley in part three. There's not one in the second because it was like a summer getaway. So yeah, it really is condensed time. He makes some valid points here, but I don't know if he's referring to something we said I knew there was never a five-year span. In fact, I'm always the one saying, hey, how are these guys still fighting in the under-18 championship? Yeah. And how old was Daniel in Karate Kid Part 1? And what year was he when he came to this new school? Where are we led to believe he was a senior? It just seems like he would have been a junior. But all these things come, and as you and I have talked about, Sal, in previous episodes – the timelines do blur a little bit here and there. But yeah, Justin makes some really good points. Hang on, Jason. You just brought something up to me. When we're talking about Karate Kid 2, and we're talking about Daniel still being under 18, because he's still under 18 when he's in Karate Kid 3, was Chosen himself under 18, or was Chosen indeed an adult? 
I don't know. He seems to be close to Daniel's age, but he could be a little older. I'm not entirely certain on that front. I really hope that Chosen was indeed under 18, like Daniel. Otherwise, like Crease in the parking lot after the All Valley, like Crease and Johnny, or like Chosen and Daniel, we have a lot of adults picking on kids. And you know what? It's really starting to piss me off. Yeah, a lot of bullying going on in this series. Oh, no, no. It really makes me upset, especially we have adults bullying children effectively. Yeah, I mean, Sensei Kreese is essentially a bully. All right. Very good stuff. Thank you, Justin. Let's move on to Justin's second comment. I think Anoush wanted Daniel to address the whole being assaulted by Johnny thing. I assume that maybe he held Daniel responsible for it and wanted his assurance it wouldn't happen again, but Daniel couldn't even be bothered to take the time out. The reason he walked away. He wanted to give Daniel the chance and he didn't come through. I don't feel it was strictly about money in that case. So this is when Anoush leaves... I remember when Johnny came in and kind of assaulted Anoush, and I guess Justin's point is Anoush wanted Daniel to stand up for him. I hate my cinemanesia. Johnny Lawrence assaulted Anoush? Yeah, he came in the office that one day and was pissed off, and yeah, I think he even took a shot at him to move him out of the way, if you will. Really? (laughs) Hey, have you heard of Cobra Kai? It's not a bad show. (laughs) I'm still wrapped up in season three. Seriously. It's like, what was that season one? What happened in season one? I'm I'm in between season three and four right now. My brain can't even go back to season one. Miguel had braces in season one, didn't he? (laughs) He may have. (laughs) And then Justin adds a by the way here, the gap between Daniel's dad passing and the move would have been about seven years. I think in season one, Daniel tells Johnny his dad died when he was eight and he turned 16 the day before the tournament in the first Karate Kid. Justin is a savant. You remember that term savant? Oh, yeah. Like these people that are brilliant at stuff. I mean... We got to fact check some of this, but... Well, I know, but still, I mean, this takes a deeper dive than I've gone myself. Yeah, really good point. And I think this is probably that episode when Daniel and Johnny were getting a drink and I thought, oh my God, they're on the verge of becoming good friends. And of course, we know what happened. They stumbled and they grew further apart until now, just currently end of season three, they're closer than ever. For good reason, they're on the right side of Kreese and Cobra Kai. But yeah, that's just really good insight. And he turned 16 the day before the tournament. Now, this is a whole other can of worms, Sal, because last episode, when Ali met with Johnny on their little lunch date, if you will, they're talking about their senior year. So all of that stuff with Daniel, he came there their senior year. Well, I'm assuming... He also graduated, which would mean that he's 16 at the tournament. He's really young for a senior. So that's why I always think Daniel was a year behind, but he wasn't a year behind because in the part two, he goes to the prom and Allie wrecks the car, but we know her story now. And then he's off on the summer. He's done with school because he's talking about college in part three. So this is where Justin's got some good points. And of course, you know, I know a lot of this stuff as well, but there's still some issues. So some of these things just don't line up. When they made the Karate Kid, they weren't thinking of, well, you know, we got to get this right because, of course, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. going to spawn into a show, you know, <laughs> two other movies in a show that will happen in 35 years. Yeah. But there's some holes, right? But yeah. I love that he points out the fact about his father and how many years it had been. And yeah, that's all really good stuff. But the age of Daniel and the tournament and all that, it won't really add up. How old were you when you were a high school senior? I would have been 17, 18. 
Because you churn sometimes. I'm a summer baby, though. So I guess. Oh, well, I am too. So I was the same age each semester. In high school, I was 17 when I was a high school senior. And I remember being about a year younger than a lot of my friends. Yeah. Oh, actually, 18. I was 18. Yeah. So, yeah, as your peer, so to speak, I would have been a year younger than you. And I remember once when I was a high school senior, I remember looking around and realizing that all my friends were about a year older than me. So somehow I was a year younger. So when I think of high school seniors, I imagine them as being. 17 or 18, but not necessarily 16. So let's take that further. Daniel would have been 15 until December 18th, the day before the tournament, which was December 19th. So he's 15. Is he Doogie Hauser? He's 15. He's a senior. And he turns 16 at the tail end of 1984. And school lets out in spring. So he's graduating like a young 16-year-old. Doesn't make sense. What happens if somebody turns 18 on December 18th or December 19th? They would have been screwed. Totally. (laughs) Sorry. Happy birthday, but can't compete. Are we also led to believe then he's a year and a half, almost two years younger than Johnny? Well, it's believable if you look at their physical appearances. I could kind of see that. Yeah. Well, anyway, again, I won't beat that to death, but there's some of that just does not add up, Salen, nor will it ever. No, I would like to see an actual graph, though, a chronological. Haven't they done that with Star Wars, where they take a whole historical timeline? Haven't they done that, I think? They'd have to make some revisions. (laughs) I'd like to see that, though. Now here's Justin's third comment. Looks like you're not updating on the special episodes. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Shout out to Justin on that one, Justin McGill. But Ralph Macchio appears in the Psych Universe three times. Once, I believe, in season six. I'd like to thank the Academy. If I recall, there is a meta Karate Kid joke there. Also in season eight, remake with a chance of improvement, a very meta episode in itself with Machio as a completely recast character. Every major role was recast from previous guest stars as this entire episode was a meta joke about remakes. Machio reprises his original role of Officer Nick Conforth in Psych, the movie. Also, no specific reference that I recall, but Zapka turns in season eight, Nightmare on State Street, with one of my favorite gags ever as Coach Derek Bag. Okay. I really want to hire Justin. Can we hire Justin? <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. So I don't know the show Psych, but if there is a Ralph Macchio being Karate Kid or being Danielson in any way, shape, or form, yes, this would make its way into our special episodes, Justin. So thanks for pointing it out. We haven't done one of those recently because we ran right up against the season three launch date and literally released season three, episode 10 on St. Patrick's Day. So yeah, this is definitely worth looking into. It sounds like some of them aren't meta. Some of them don't have the reference like the Zapka, but I still love the info nonetheless. And I love the use of the word meta. I love meta. yeah. Yeah, and trope. I love meta and trope. I really love them. (laughs) (laughs) So really cool. Now this is his fourth and final comment. Mr. Miyagi's first name is up for debate. The next Karate Kid was the first place he was given a name. Sorry, but I can't remember. And Justin goes on to say season one, episode five, Counterbalance of Cobra Kai gives him the first name Nariyoshi when Daniel visits his gravesite. Now, Sal, as we're sitting here, I had to look this up and this is what I got off of the internet. And it says, as written in Japanese characters in the Karate Kid Part 2, Mr. Miyagi's name is Miyagi Nariyoshi, which is translated as Nariyoshi Miyagi 
in the Cobra Kai television series. However, he is called Kaisuke Miyagi at the start of the next Karate Kid. Yeah, you know what? This just made me remember that I believe in some Asian cultures like Japan, I think also China and Korea, if I'm not mistaken. switch the names. Yes, yes. I forgot about that. But that's little thing. This is a big difference. In the next Karate Kid, his name was Kaisuke, K-E-I-S-U-K-E. And yeah, I remember hearing that when I watched the movie again. I thought, whoa, what's that? But they did not do that. They went true to the Karate Kid Part 2 Japanese characters for the series. And I compliment them there. In fact, there's not much worth taking away from the next Karate Kid. So they just left that one on the vine. With the exception of Pat Morita portraying Mr. Miyagi one last time in a movie, as well as seeing a two-time Oscar winner doing some karate moves and having a nice little character arc. But beyond that, Sal, it's utterly forgettable. (laughs) Wait, so am I to understand that there were different interpretations of the Japanese characters? Is that what they're saying? No, I don't know how they came up with that name for the next Karate Kid, but I'm saying based on the script, they took some liberties and that's what they came up with. I see. Okay. Creative liberties, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then Justin says, also, Daniel came up with Miyagi-Do Karate in the final fight. Actually, the announcer keeps mangling the name until Daniel corrects him before the final fight. You know what? This makes me feel so foolish because I'm proud to say that my NECA Karate Kid Cobra Kai two-pack of Daniel and Johnny is, I think, the number one Karate Kid two-pack on YouTube right now with almost half a million views. But, here's the but, here's the record needle scratch. I keep saying Miyagi-Do. I said it a few times through the video, Miyagi-Do. Where did I get that from? Well, when you see it written, it can throw you off for a second. Yeah, but what Justin's saying is that this was already in the movies. Yeah, well, he was fighting for Miyagi-Do in the Karate Kid. But I didn't realize that I have to go back and check that Daniel coined the phrase. I mean, maybe Mr. Miyagi did because he made him the great gi and gave it to Daniel on his birthday. So we don't know what happened off camera, but Justin's probably right. The first person to utter the words Miyagi-Do Karate was probably Daniel. Well, if anybody enjoys my YouTube videos, please forgive me. Next up is Mark Neese. Just wanted to chime in on a minor detail. Sanka is a decaffeinated coffee. The scene in which Kreese orders it made me chuckle because my grandma drank Sanka. So funny. That is funny. My mom would have Sanka. We had coffee and we had Sanka. My mother was more of a Sanka drinker, but it would have coffee if any guests came over. That's what she would have. But yeah, I never had. I don't think I ever personally have had Sanka. Many, many years ago, I tried it. Didn't know what it was. My grandmother had it in her cupboard, but... I remember it was instant coffee. And I know on this episode where it came up was Kreese was at the diner. Johnny met him and he was bugging the waitress, not Johnny, but Kreese. Yes. And he asked for Sanka. And I had mentioned on the podcast, it's instant coffee because you didn't know what it was. And then I did not mention the fact that it was decaffeinated instant coffee. So it reminds me of that scene from Fast Times at Ridgemont High when the wonderful teacher was like, warning class that he had to switch to Sanka that day. So please bear with him. So now that joke makes total sense. He was exhausted and he was switched to Sanka. So I'm not even sure the benefit of Sanka, unless you just wanted a little (laughs) bit of the taste, because it's already terrible. It's instant coffee that just tastes bad. And there's none of the caffeine. So I don't know the upside. (laughs) Wait, hang on, Jason. Just to be clear, 
I know of Sanka. As I said, we had Sanka oh, at our yeah. house. I just didn't know what it was. Like, what is it? I always thought, or what I was under the impression, that it wasn't actually coffee, nor was it decaffeinated coffee, but actually some sort of wheat or some sort of oats. <laughs> like, it's not actually coffee bean. I think we need to check this, Jason. I don't think Sanka actually is coffee, caffeinated, decaffeinated, or otherwise. Well, here's what I've seen on the internet. Sanka is a brand of instant decaffeinated coffee sold around the world, and it was one of the earliest decaffeinated varieties. So it's a brand name? Yes. Okay, it's, got it's, it. Okay. Uh, distributed Fine. by Kraft Foods. You know what I'm thinking of? Wheat germ. That's what yeah, I'm uh, yeah, it looks kind of <laughs> like wheat germ. <laughs> I loved wheat germ. I still love wheat germ. I don't ever buy it, but I love wheat germ. I want some. Future Christmas present for Sal. <laughs> exactly. And by the way, Mark Neese was also, and I believe has to be, Neese Mark from earlier in the episode. Really? Oh, okay. Mark also says, here's a question. Does the next Karate Kid exist in the extended Karate Kid Cobra Kai universe? Is it canon? I have to admit, I have not seen the movie but I know that it is not held in high regard. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's very polite. Mark is a polite person. What if Hillary Swank, as Julie Pierce, made an appearance on Cobra Kai? Just throwing that out there. Wow. Yeah. Now, I did respond, and I said this on previous episodes, I respond to everybody. You know, if it's a question or a comment or just a pleasantry or give our props, and I always do. We're very appreciative of all of you fans taking the time to contact us. But before we get into my response to Mark, which I actually have listed here, because I think it sums things up very well, do you have any thoughts on this? Well, like Mark, I myself have not seen the next Karate Kid. So uh, no, believe me, I'm sitting here embarrassed. And we've definitely talked about this on volume two of Fan Appreciation, but we are going to do this. I know that you feel the need. I'm ready as well. We are going to watch it and do that special episode. But my answer to Mark was, great question, Mark. And we believe that the next Karate Kid does extend into the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai universe. So a Julie Pierce appearance is highly likely, but we shall see. And yes, although the movie gives an amateur effort of capturing any of the heart of the original or part two, it's absolutely worth seeing Mr. Miyagi one more time. Plus, it's nice to see Hilary Swank before her first Oscar, and her character has a nice arc and would be a positive addition to Cobra Kai in any capacity. Although I think I just said some of this stuff a minute or so ago. But yeah, I think that sums it up nicely. That's my response. And I believe it. You know, yeah, I'm not too fond of the movie, but the fact that it exists is still kind of cool that they did it and Miyagi agreed to it and they went and got this really talented actress on the verge of much bigger things to do the role. So there's something really, I don't know, I love parts of it, Sal. At the same time, it's totally like the bastardized version of the movie. You know what, though, Jason? I feel like there's something in my eye because when you mention seeing Miyagi one more time, yeah, really, oh boy, everything we've been through, we, when I say we, I mean the public, I mean the creators of Cobra Kai, and I mean you and I, Yep. everything we've been through I still haven't seen The Next Karate Kid. So what will that be like when I watch that? Oh boy, I'm telling you, there's something in my eye right now. Well, he is great in his scenes and I can't wait to watch it again for notes and a lot of eye rolls. But yes, there's something in there 
And hell, Sal, I almost wish the next Karate Kid had a trilogy, just so we had more of Mr. Miyagi. Mark, watch the next Karate Kid. Commit to that. I will commit to that. And you and I will speak again. Maybe over a Coors Banquet. Over a Coors Banquet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Mark goes on to say, I will give it a try. I like Hillary Swank. It would be amazing if she made a guest appearance on Cobra Kai. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hello. I mean, especially, and I say especially, because of who Hillary Swank grew on to become. I mean, holy cow, talk about a Hollywood A-lister, right? Yeah. Academy Award winner. If she were to pop into Cobra Kai, oh boy, that's next level. You know what? That's meta. Yeah. Well, she won an Oscar for Boys Don't Cry, as well as Million Dollar Baby, and... There are some great nuggets and funny stuff on our special episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia when they did the whole Million Dollar Baby episode, which we got into. So a lot of fun stuff there, Sal. Yeah, definitely all ties in together. See, that's the whole thing. You know, everything Jason and I go over every time we're on the microphones, the whole thing is to tie everything back to Karate Kid, tie everything back to Cobra Kai or the players, Right. So yeah, when you see It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and see the references to Million Dollar Baby, then bring that back around to Hillary Swank, then bring that back around to the next Karate Kid. Oh boy. It's all in the family. Yep. And I basically wrote Mark one last time. I said, we completely agree and enjoy the movie. It has its good and bad moments. Yeah, that says it all. So now we have Nathalie Kim. That slap was incredible. Amanda is a queen. She is amazing. And of course, Sal, they're referring to what? Well, as we call it, the slap heard round the world. <laughs> when Amanda walks into the Cobra Kai dojo and gives a right slap to Crease. And as I understand, Courtney Hengler actually slapped Martin Cove legitimately. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nathalie, for being a fan. And thank you for that comment. Yeah, thank you, Natalie. I totally agree with you. That was a fantastic scene, and Amanda is a queen. Yes, she is. Next up is Jeff Hunt. Jeff says, I thought they struggled a little to regain the energy from the first two seasons, but yes, Amanda wins the episode. Okay, so Jeff agrees with myself and Natalie and you, Jason, but I don't know, Jeff. I got to tell you, I fell in love with season three right, right off the, the bat. <laughs> yeah, right out of the gate, I fell in love. Now, in fairness, there could have been so much anticipation. Like I was so chomping at the bit. I was, I was thirsty for season three. So when it came out, you know, that could have possibly clouded some of my judgment, maybe. But I was on board right away. So I wouldn't necessarily say for me personally that they struggled. Again, I was on board from the beginning. Yeah. And I understand what Jeff's saying. Even I thought Season three, episode one, was really just picking up the pieces. It was the episode that had to be that way, coming off of what season two, episode 10 was, and the big brawl at the high school. And Miguel winds up in a coma, Robbie's on the run. So I kind of anticipated it. You couldn't have that many fireworks that episode. And maybe into episode two, you started to get some of that momentum. So I get what he's saying, but it had to be that way. You had to have a slow start. To take us where we went to eventually. I mean, rebuild it slowly, get the players in place, and then take us to new heights. But again, thanks for sharing, Jeff. Everyone has their own take on things, and we much appreciate it. Jeff, talk to us after we all see season four, and let's see if they do the same thing with season four. Let's see if you yeah. think that they struggled to regain the energy for season four, and I'll tell you how I feel. And you know what? Maybe we won't have to sit around for a year, right, waiting 
for the release date and all that. So much anticipation, so much being left in limbo for season four, like we had for season three. So it might be a whole different thing. But definitely, Jeff, check in with us after season four, and we'll see what season four does in comparison to season three. Now we have Christine Puzan Toronto, and she writes, please tell me once you've made it through season three that you have plans to do a deep dive of Randy Heller's incredible role as Ida Blankenship on Mad Men. That sounds so great because I really love Randy Heller a lot. I love seeing her face in the Cobra Kai universe. I really do. The thing of it is, is Jason and I do these deep dives where it's kind of related to Cobra Kai or Karate Kid. Unfortunately, I don't know if this has any reference to Cobra Kai or Karate Kid when Randy is on Mad Men. Am I correct? No, you're absolutely correct, Sal. That's exactly true because I would love nothing more than to explore more of Randy Heller's career. I'm a huge fan of Mad Men. In fact, Sal, I got to know two actors from the show. Not the main actors, but still... Rich Hutchman, who played Bud Campbell, which was Pete Campbell's brother, was on my soccer team for many years. Great actor. He's in six episodes. I always wanted to see his character explored more. And through the festival, Sal, especially the one from Los Angeles, Sadie Alexandru played Scarlet on four episodes. And she took over Joan's old job and became a secretary and then was fired. So she had some great scenes. So that made me be a bigger fan, knowing two people on this great show during its run. And yes, Randy Heller was fantastic. But unfortunately, she is not playing Mrs. LaRusso. So unless she's in something else that does, but who knows? Maybe down the road, we explore their careers more. But right now... That's not what we've been doing on the special episodes. That's right. Christine, Jason and I have talked about kind of visiting the careers of some of our players. We have talked about going down the careers of Machio and Zabka for sure. That could potentially lead into some of the other, I don't want to use the word secondary members. I mean, Randy Heller is an icon in the Karate Kid universe. But yeah, I'm just saying we might not visit that other than personally. I haven't seen Mad Men. When I do see Mad Men, I'll love to see Randy's face on the screen. So we'll see when that happens. But as far as us doing a special episode on that, unfortunately, maybe not. I would just love an interview or a conversation with Randy Heller. Oh my God. If Randy Heller was a guest on Let's Talk Cobra Kai, really, you would see tears in me, probably so. But thank you again, Christine, for reaching out. Great point. And just to be clear, Randy Heller killed it as Ida Blankenship on Mad Men. Nice. Thanks, Christine. Next up is Shannon McLeod Taylor. Shannon says, look who's sitting on William Zabka's knee, a young Joey Lawrence. And Shannon sent us a photo of Zabka with Lawrence on his lap, right? Yeah. Hilarious. Does this mean that Joey Lawrence is a Lawrence? Kind of fun (laughs) there. I thought you were going to say, does this mean Lawrence is a Cobra Kai? But yeah, Joey Lawrence is a Johnny Lawrence. Exactly. And I will say this, and this is absolutely true. I used to work at a gym in Studio City and Joey Lawrence used to come in there. So we're going back about 15 years, I think. Yeah. And you know what? And this is absolutely true. One of the sweetest guys I've ever met. One of the just nicest, gentle. I love this guy. And I would just see him in the gym. He would come in. He had a bright smile. He'd say hello. He was friendly. He was courteous. He was humble. And I'm not like a Blossom fan. I don't even know if I ever saw Blossom. But holy cow, I was like, damn, Joey Lawrence is like a really cool guy. Wow. I always wonder what happened to Joey Lawrence. I always liked him. He had the great hair. And now I saw him and he's bald. Yes, 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 yes. So I knew him in his bald stage. I think right before Dancing with the Stars is when I used to talk to him at the gym. 
Yeah, he had the shaved head, which sadly, when a middle-aged guy has a shaved head, implies baldness. So that wonderful uh, head of hair, Jason, went to the wayside. But he had a good smile, good look. Absolutely. And he was likable yeah. and charming on the show, Blossom. And uh, it's good to know that he was that way in real life. So good job. And thank you, Shannon, for sharing. Wait, but hang on, Jason, which brings to mind, when did William Zapka cross paths with Joey Lawrence? Did they work on a project together? Ah, oh, they were two heartthrobs in the 80s. But wait a second. When Joey Lawrence was on his lap, he was a little kid. I th- you know what? This is from uh, the Gimme a Break days. That's when it was, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Could have been. But Sal, they were both probably in those Tiger Beat or Teen yes, Beat or yes, whatever yes. it is, magazines back then. Yes. Thanks, Shannon. So now we move on to Facebook messages. And the first one's from Peter C. Hampton. As an adult karate student, I enjoyed a point you brought up in the podcast. I was thinking the same thing a few weeks ago. If Daniel had just joined the Cobra Kai dojo to begin with, he probably would have made friends in the dojo. Johnny, as a senior dojo black belt, would have had to teach and mentor Daniel. It's possible they could have become friends. Also, Cobra Kai wouldn't have beat up their own students at school. Well, Sal... I've been saying this for years. <laughs> it's true. It's true. What if Daniel had just joined Cobra Kai when he had the chance, right? Yes. When he had the chance, but he got nervous and ran away and thus launched a trilogy and a hit TV series. Had he stayed and become Cobra Kai then and not in part three, history would have been different. And of course, I'm not saying that Peter's stealing my idea. He's giving us full credit because he heard us say that, but it's something to think about. It's something to ponder for sure. If he stayed right there, Kreese would have brought him in the fold. He might've taken some licks in class, but he's got some moves. He's tough. And Kreese would have molded Daniel into another tournament fighting machine, much like all the other Cobra Kais from the first Karate Kid. Well, this is like a whole back to the future thing. Once you go back in time and change things, how does that affect the present? There would be no Cobra Kai if Daniel would have joined Cobra Kai. If Daniel would have joined Cobra Kai, been friends with Johnny, then their paths would have kind of coincided as opposed to diverged as they did. And there we have the opening of season one, episode one of Cobra Kai. So things would have been incredibly different. Hell, who knows? It could have been a reversal with Lawrence Auto Group all over the San Fernando Valley. Anything could have happened. Anything could have happened. Well, yeah, and you say there wouldn't be a Cobra Kai. Well, who's to say that Johnny becomes three-time champ? Daniel also fights in that tournament, does well, probably, respectively. Or maybe he fights Johnny and loses. You know, it would have been very different results. But it doesn't mean that Cobra Kai wouldn't have lived on because Johnny, in all likelihood, wouldn't have lost to Daniel in the finals. Because it was just a lot more emotional, even if they fought, because you know how Cobra Kai sometimes fight each other in the tournaments, right? Yeah. Obviously. Even if they fought then, he would have looked at Johnny differently. Like, he's one of the leaders in the dojo. He's better than me. He wouldn't have had all that angst with Allie and any of that stuff. Well, that's not true. They would still have been dating Allie. Well, hang on, Jason. Since we're going there, do you think then in that case, if Daniel had been a member of Cobra Kai in the 84 All Valley... Would Kreese still have told Johnny to sweep the lake? No, no, that wouldn't have happened. So that's what I'm wow. saying. They may have fought because it happens, but I'm saying the stakes wouldn't have been as high. Ali was already into Daniel, so I'm not sure how that would have played out if he also became friends with Johnny in the dojo. Maybe they all would have been like, okay, you can date her. But that aside, <laughs> that aside, the fight wouldn't have been 
as a marquee matchup. Sure. So Johnny's probably going to win, most likely, and be three-time champ. Daniel's moving up the ranks. And maybe Cobra Kai lives on because Kreese is not trying to choke out Johnny in the parking lot for getting number two, which then the choke out was the domino effect for Cobra Kai. It went down because he lost all of his students. It got in trouble. He had to get Terry Silver. Terry Silver plan of open up Cobra Kai dojos all over the place. Maybe that wouldn't have been in play either, but Cobra Kai would have lived on. The dojo would have been successful. Kreese wouldn't have had that disappearing act. No, but you know what you would have had also? You would have had a young Daniel, friends with a young Johnny. After right. the 84, regardless of who won, Daniel was going to say to Johnny, hey, I got to go over to Okinawa. You want to go? Johnny goes, sure, let's go to Okinawa. And then Miyagi, Daniel, and Johnny go to Okinawa. Chosen pops up. Daniel and Johnny together kick Chosen's ass. Okay. You're going to rewrite I'm just saying. Karate Kid Part 2 <laughs> while we're at it. I'm just saying, yeah, if you're going to rewrite history, look at the possibilities. True. Yeah, that's a good point. And Part 3 wouldn't have happened. It would have been a very different reality wow. for sure. You know what this is, Jason? You know what this is? Revisionist history. Back to the future. Back to the Karate Kid. <laughs> no, it's meta. <laughs> oh, yeah, very meta. Very meta. Yeah, it's fun to go that rabbit hole. Although, Peter, I have definitely discussed this before. I appreciate your comment because it sparked that whole ridiculous journey that we just went on. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun to think about. Peter, and thank you for not just being a fan, but also the fact that you train in karate. I think it's great. And continue at it. And next time, let us know what style of martial arts you train in and how long you've been doing it. Yeah, props and shout out to karate. You know what, Jason? I just found out that one of my favorite karate former UFC fighters, Lyoto Mashida, him and his brother, I guess the Mashida brothers, yep. have some sort of, I don't know if it's OnlyFans or it's like you get like a sneak peek into the Mashida brothers karate world. Nice. And, you know, you pay a monthly subscription or something like that. So some of these UFC fighters, like, for example, Diego Sanchez has an OnlyFans where you get to see his training and do his lifestyle. So, uh, yeah, interesting things happening with online virtual training. Check out the Machida Brothers. We're not sponsored by them, by the way. Machida Brothers online tutorials. Just interesting if you're a karate fan. Uh, Peter also sent us a video, much like Sean did earlier. And he said, I thought this was fun. Can someone karate chop bottles? Now, this goes back to the Karate Kid when Mr. Miyagi comes upon the two yahoos at the ocean and they're putting beer bottles on his own truck and he knocks off the tops of the bottles. And I was always like, well, I don't know. It seems like those bottles would have moved without being secured down. Well, Peter sent us a video and it was beer bottle karate chop, a Shito Ru practitioner karate chops two beer bottles. This is an extracted clip from the Budo, The Art of Killing. And Sal, this video, I also shared it with you. I'm not sure if you've seen it or not. Someone actually performs what Mr. Miyagi does in The Karate Kid. No, this fell through the cracks. I haven't seen this. I want to see this. You know, you did not send this to me. I did, and I will <laughs> now resend it to you. I got to see this, because you've talked about this before. No, you're not crazy about that scene. You thought it was out of reality, right? Yeah. yeah. As they say about films and TV and films, even fiction has to be believable. 
Right. And this guy does it. I watched the video. I know it's in your email somewhere, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. I'm gonna but look. he does it successfully. And I thought like one of them's cleaner than the other. I remember watching this. But again, thank you, Peter, for sending. Very cool. I uh, appreciate stuff like that. Comments, questions, or just sending us cool videos. Hang on, Jason. You're saying these bottles are not like glued to the surface, right? I mean, it's just a video. I don't know. Okay. But could be a little bit of funny business going on there, slide of hand, but it's worth watching. I'm sure people can do it. And I guess Mr. Miyagi is in that company. Okay. I got to see this. Thanks, Peter. Now we got Jeremy Quillo. That's Q-U-I-L-L-O. Jeremy Quillo. Or Quio. Could be Quio. Sometimes double L is pronounced that way. I just had a comment about the character John Kreese. Oh, I know I'm going to love this. That's me saying I know I'm going to love this. Something I've noticed in reviews, articles, etc. is that he's often described as a master manipulator or puppeteer, which are both true. I'm not sure I've heard anyone refer to him as the thing he actually is, an abuser. Hmm. Not only does Kreese abuse both adults and minors, in Johnny's case, Kreese abused him as a child and as an adult, he also consistently gaslights them. And that's a newer trope, I would say, in the internet age. Yeah. The phrase gaslighting, that's me talking, by the way, not Jeremy. How often have we watched him hurt someone, then twist the conversation to make his victim question themselves? Kudos to Martin Cove for pulling this off. At first, he comes across as a, quote, cheesy 80s villain, end quote, but takes the role to a much deeper level as the story unfolds. Totally agree. Yes, Jeremy. You put it very eloquently. Yeah, and you know what? Jason and I go back and forth on this all the time as we go along into the Cobra Kai universe, especially as we get some history, we go back to Vietnam, especially as we go back to Betsy or Dollface, and you kind of develop some empathy, right? You kind of be like, well, he was hurt, he's a wounded person. You give them a little bit of slack, right? And then you forget that they are indeed an evil person. And I'm having to reconcile this myself, that you can give somebody... A little bit of empathy, I guess you can, but you cannot forget if they are evil. And indeed, John Kreese is evil, and indeed, Martin Cove does a fantastic job as John Kreese. Yes, he really does. It's an amazing performance, probably underappreciated in some respects, but it's great. He's not just a cheesy villain. It's really well orchestrated, and yeah, I have empathy for him seeing the Vietnam background that he had in season three. However, it doesn't forgive who he is now. We saw nothing redeeming about him in any of the films in the trilogy. But yeah, there were moments in the series where you're like, well, when he goes to that halfway home and Johnny visits him and you feel like, oh, you're sad and you have empathy for him. But he's too far broken, Sal. He is an abuser and he may not have started out that way, as now we know, he didn't start out that way, but that's what he is. And so it's a really good point, Jeremy. And yeah, thanks for your message, your insight, and for being a fan. Thanks, Jeremy. Remember, all of us have to learn how to decrease. <laughs> oh! Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> that one's going to be hard to beat. So. <laughs> I love that one. By the way, I'm not certain I thought of Merry Christmas. I'm not 100% certain that that was me. You know, the whole collective consciousness thing. I'll take it for the moment, but I'm not 100% certain that that originated with me. Well, even if it didn't, you executed it very well on the meme. So it The meme matter. was funny. A John Kreese action figure with a Santa hat in front of a Christmas tree. Merry Christmas. I do love it. I so do. good. 
So now we're moving on to the Twitter post and mentions. Only a few here, and then we'll be wrapping this episode up. But the first one's from at Ray Tellis, R-A-Y underscore T-E-L-L-E-S. Can't believe you missed the Martin Cove meta Easter egg. Amanda calls him Rambo. Cove was in Rambo as one of the mercenaries. That is so fantastic. I remember when she called him Rambo. Absolutely. But did I remember that Martin Cove was in Rambo? Absolutely not. Holy cow. No, Ray, I didn't remember it either. However, I do remember when she said it. It was an episode full of so much good stuff. And I remember my note-taking, Sal, when she referenced Rambo, I was going to give Amanda a shout out like, well done, Amanda. What a movie callback. You know, Kreese definitely looks like he would belong in Rambo with his soldier of fortune picture that he has on the wall always. But no, I didn't remember that he was a mercenary in there. So well done, Ray. You called us out and rightfully so. Well, Jason, not only does he look like he could have been in Rambo, but he looks like he could have been in Predator as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he belongs in that whole crew for sure. He could have been part of the muscle-bound Predator group. They're all smoking cigars in there. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers, Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah, a lot of big steroided up guys. Oops, did I say that out loud? Bill Duke was in the mix, Shane Black. But yeah, Martin Cove could have absolutely been in Predator. Wait, how about this, Jason? Imagine this. The next installment of The Expendables. Yeah, I hear they're going to start filming the fourth one. Oh, you got to have Martin Cove in it now. He may be in it. He was also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So why not have him in there? He has a lot of heat on him right now from this last season of Cobra Kai. So why not? Oh, that'd be so fantastic. And I'm actually very happy for Martin Cove. That'd be so great. Absolutely. Next up, at QWiz. That's Q-W-H-I-Z. New fan here, so much to say. But IMDb shows that we will see more from the second movie. Looks like Kumiko will be in season three. Also, the scene with Kreese smashing the car windows is from the second movie. And we have seen the scene a few times already. So yeah, they often do flashbacks to the whole car window thing. From, yes, from the beginning of... Karate Kid 2. And Q Wiz is right. Kamiko was definitely in season three. And I was not looking into that stuff, Sal. You know me. I'm not looking ahead. I don't want any spoilers. I just want to see it when it happens. But yeah, Q Wiz was all over it because Kamiko, as well as Chosen, and yes, a lot of Karate Kid Part 2 was in there. Not to mention Karate Kid Part 1. You had Ali come in as well. So it was a season oh, yeah. full of goodies. Yeah, so I'm assuming that we got this Twitter post or mention from QWiz between season two and three. Yeah, I had written down the times and timestamped all of these and realized that's just getting too redundant. So yeah, 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 yeah. But absolutely, this probably came out in between the seasons. Yeah, so that was during that limbo portion where we were all guessing what was going to happen in season three. That was an interesting time. You can look back now and just kind of shake your head. That was kind of an interesting time in 2020 with everything going on in the world. And plus we're kind of waiting on Cobra Kai, not knowing what's going to happen. Right. So definitely a, an interesting time for us all. Yeah. So now the last one to go over, Sal, and it's from at Chris Manley, 1994, C-H-R-I-S-M-A-N-L-E-Y, 1994. And he says, decisions, decisions. What do you guys think? Hashtag team Miyagi-Do or hashtag Team Cobra Kai. Sal, do you want to take this first? Yeah, this is a tough one. Cobra Kai or Miyagi-Do? 
As far as their practices, I really like both of their approaches. As far as their senseis, you have to consider who the senseis are. <laughs> I love the practices. I want nothing to do with Sensei Crease. I want nothing to do with Sensei Crease. Absolutely. But I got to tell you this, and this is going to be maybe controversial. I love Daniel. I love and respect Daniel. Do I necessarily want Daniel as my sensei? I don't know. Maybe I'd rather have Johnny as my sensei. They're very different. I'm super excited, as you know this, and our fans know this, if they've heard season three, episode 10, how excited I am to see Daniel and Johnny together because I think they really round each other out in a great way. And some dojos can have two senseis. Obviously, it can work. So I think them together make the perfect dojo. So not to cop out on your question, Chris, but if I had to take one for philosophical reasons, I think Miyagi-Do would be my choice in certain respects. However, in other respects, in fighting and techniques and just toughness and the cool logo, I would go Cobra Kai. But having them together, whatever they call this new unity, Sal, maybe it'll just be Miyagi-Do. I'm not sure because Sensei Kreese has Cobra Kai. So maybe it is Miyagi-Do. Obviously, I would go that way. But let's go back to like season two or even season one, Sal, when Johnny was running the Cobra Kai startup with Miguel and a few students, and Danny was just beginning to get Miyagi-Do going. I would like to go to both dojos. <laughs> yeah. I think you could learn yeah. from both, honestly. That would make... A balanced person. You would be truly balanced if you did it that way. Like, because I know I kind of am drawn to the spiritual things. Yep. So, which means I need to probably sharpen more of my kick ass and punch you in the face side of me. Right. So, yeah, it would create more of a balanced approach. Yeah. Yeah. So, great question, Chris. And I remember seeing this when it came in, and it's a tough one. But again, obviously, it's changed over the course of the show. If all of a sudden, Crease is ousted and Johnny takes it back over, Cobra Kai, that is. Yeah, I might fall back in line with that answer. But as of right now, the state of affairs, how things are right now with the show, absolutely 100% Team Miyagi-Do. Yeah, I'd have to agree because the variable is Eagle Fang, but I'm assuming Eagle Fang was just there for yeah, a few swallowed. episodes. and now, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eagle Fang swallowed by Miyagi-Do <laughs> is what happened. And then Crease is running Cobra Kai. I think that's where we're at right now. Yeah, exactly. So that's it, Sal. That was our fan comments questions, volume one. So much fun to go through that. Thank you all for your comments and questions and just for tuning into the show, becoming a fan, and staying with us as we share our love, knowledge, and insight of all things Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid. Yeah, it's very touching and endearing because you know what? We obviously, Jason, have some loyal listeners and Really, that's very nice. It really makes me happy. I'm sure Jason feels the same. Oh, thank yeah. you all for listening, and thank you all for giving us your feedback, giving us your questions, your comments, your reviews, your ratings. Thank you for downloading and listening to Let's Talk Cobra Kai. Yeah. Sal, there's something in your eye. There is something in my eye. <laughs> I'm too sensitive, man. I'm too sensitive. So thank you so much for listening, and please be sure to subscribe to Let's Talk Cobra Kai wherever you get your podcast. You can also really help us by giving the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. And for all you listeners that enjoy sharing your thoughts, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, send us a direct message, or post a comment on our social media, which is at Let's Talk Cobra Kai. We also highly recommend checking out the Let's Talk Movies podcast and visiting JustCuriousMedia.com. No mercy.